All right, guys, it's Wednesday, January 6th. A uh, quick update here in the middle of the week. I have Brent Bloom with me uh, on the podcast network and do some football talk here as there's been just a, a few things throughout the week. News-wise for Iowa State football, really, Brent, nothing earth-shattering, but I, you know, we kind of talked about on the, on the Sunday night podcast that every story just is enhanced when you're, you know, a national contender like we yeah. believe Iowa State will be next year. And it has been a newsy week, so I thought we would just chat about a few topics uh, that we didn't get covered in our Sunday night podcast because they have, um, you know, stuff has evolved throughout the week. And we'll start with good news uh, for Iowa State. Uh, Sean Foster, the tackle for the Cyclones announces that he is going to come back and take advantage of that extra year from the NCAA. To me, this is a really big deal. Uh, I thought Iowa State's offensive line, I wouldn't say it overperformed, but I thought it performed very well in 2020. He was a big reason why, you know, with the injuries, uh, to see a guy like that who is really a true developmental player, you want your offensive linemen to really peak as juniors and seniors. Foster did this year, and I expect really good things from him in 2021. And what a cool story yeah. for him, too. I mean, he's a guy who was recruited, you know, one of Campbell's first recruits that he was able to get way back in 2016. And he was a highly touted guy. I think, what, his dad played at Iowa. You know, he was a four-star prospect out of the state of Illinois. And then you just kept waiting for him and waiting for him. He always had the size. But then finally, in his fifth year, put it together this year. Uh, due to injury, became a starter, and then performed really well. And you could argue, you know, in that Oregon game, was as physical as any lineman Iowa State had. And, mm-hmm. and just continued to get better and play well. And I think he was one of those guys who just had a blast this year and wants to give another go. And so this is this is the cool story about college athletics. You, you, you'll talk about the transfers away and, yeah. and other things. But this is what it's all about, a guy that's continued to get better and turned himself into a really good Big 12 offensive lineman. It could be a, a starter on an Iowa State team that will likely be in the preseason top 15. He's a guy, too, who I, I you know I just wonder, uh, with the new strength and conditioning coach, how much that played into things with his development. Again, I, I don't know. Well, um, but it, it, I, have, I have heard some rumblings that a lot of these guys want another year uh, preparing with Dave Andrews to potentially make them more appealing to the NFL. Yeah, that's that's part of it. And then, you know, Chase's Allen's another good example yes, of yes. him and Foster. I mean, we're, we're part of the guys. They all had fun, but they part, those two in particular, it seemed like they just really had a just love this year. They loved everything about it and they just want to come back for another run at it. And uh, yeah. good for them. The rules dictate they can do this. And uh, the, the worst, I mean, the, the, the great thing about this is it's depth. Stepped on the offensive no line. Doubt. Iowa State was relatively healthy, relatively there. Yeah, I mean they did have a couple significant injuries, but most of those guys are able to stick together uh, for the season. And uh, you know, Sean Foster is a valuable piece going forward. Couple of other uh, noteworthy um, items for Iowa State football. A uh, couple of guys entered the transfer portal this week. Um, guys who are contributors. Uh, Arnold Azuna, most notably to me, of uh, a veteran defensive back and then Johnny Lang uh, started his career running he was actually the starting running back in the first game of the 2019 season believe it or not played some wide receiver this year I actually really liked it when they incorporated him at wide receiver in the middle of the season had a couple of receptions there um, it, you know my my analysis on this Brent 
I think a couple things could be going on. One, I mean, these guys are going to get more playing time elsewhere. They're both good players. Like, yes. these are both guys who could transfer somewhere, even another Power 5 school probably, and start. Um, and this seems fairly natural to me, especially in 2020. You look at scholarships. Some of these guys coming back. Scholarships are it's, – it's weird to, to really count them this year. Um Numbers-wise, though, this really doesn't impact the program in a negative way, right? No, like, I, I, I think this is a fairly natural thing to see some of these guys go. So you're going to see a couple things going forward as you as you develop into a premier program is you're going to have, because of the upgrade and talent level, you're going to have more transfers, just in general from being a good program, in my opinion. And then alongside with that, you're just going to see more movement in general in college sports. You know, as these restrictions loosen, uh, transfers are going to become much more normalized, and it's really going to become a roster management situation where you're going to have, you know, eight to fifteen guys a year that are coming in and out. You really are. So get used to this. Mm-hmm. I think it'll start with players like Lang and Azuna that were borderline starters at one school, going to become a starter elsewhere. But and and they're older. Both of them are, you know, going to be junior seniors. Uh, that have spent significant time in Ames and just want to see something else. But you're going to see this a lot. Uh, and so it's it's going to be uh, – a lot of these stories are going to pop up not only this year but in the coming years ahead. So you just get used to it. Yeah, I, I, th- I think so too. I've had a couple of guys um, just across the country kind of allude to me that they think that the transfer level is going to really skyrocket in the next couple of years because if you think about it – uh, these 2020 classes, and I think that this will, or the 2021 class, yep. And I think this will actually bleed into 2022 as well. They're going to be committing without even stepping foot on campus, right? Which is a difficult decision for an 18 year old to do. A Zoom call can only get you so far. I mean, technology is great, but it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't equate to spending two days and walking around a campus. So the, the thought is with the NCAA's transfer rules, getting more liberal and letting these guys do this on top of the COVID stuff that we're going to see more and more of this. Plus for three to four years now, you're going to have this roster flux. You're going to have a lot of guys because really they're allowing an extra class essentially that'll have to filter through because they did not have any eligibility issues this year. So basically you have mm-hmm. what six classes for five now and so there's going to be coaching staffs that encourage some of these guys to move on too because they don't want the numbers being inflated um, with the extra recruiting class involved in that mix. So, yeah, this will be a three- to four-year issue. Great point with the not being on campus, but then you just factor in that you've got an entirely new freshman class that is coming onto campus, and you're not having a senior class completely leave. So it adds up to you have more numbers than you need. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. There'll be more. Uh, we're recording yes, this, this you know, Wednesday afternoon is when we're having this conversation. And potentially there'll be others that, stay. that move in yeah. and stay. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have – you're just going to have move – I mean, it's going to be more like a – I hate to say this, but it's going to be more like professional. Free agency. Where it's just free agency in a way. Yeah. yeah, and you've already seen that. I was taking at the kicker last week, the grad transfer kicker. I do think that once you – kind of break through the barrier that Iowa State did a year or this year, you're also a more uh, appealing spot for a grad transfer. Exactly. So you're, you almost approach your roster now like your, let's say, an NFL team and say, well, we have, we have strength here on uh, obviously quarterback, 
And running back, we have strength there. But we may have some weakness, let's say, at, you know, insert position here. I can go look in the portal mm-hmm. for guys in that position group, knowing that I could maybe have some expendable players. It's a weird thing to say when you talk about college sports, but really developing a roster, roster management, is what college sports is becoming. Uh, especially in the sport of basketball. Real quick, we'll get a <laughs> yeah. hit on that. Uh, Iowa State's game last night at Texas. I, did you uh, did you by chance listen to my instant reaction? It's okay. You can say if you didn't. I did not. Okay. So this was my take on the game. This is why I, that's why I was asking. I wanted to know if you thought if you had heard what I had said about this already. I'm I'm kind of torn. So one thing is undeniable. Iowa State's getting better. Yes. Right. They are they are a better team than they were a month ago. That's a fact. Which is a good thing. My 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 problem that I'm having right now is I'm trying to decide. If these close games against West Virginia, Baylor, and Texas, who are arguably the three, three, three of the four, maybe I don't know, Tech and Kansas, really the top five, or yeah, all pretty, pretty whatever. Um, is it because Iowa State is playing up, or is it a style of play thing? Because I, when I watched the Big Twelve this year. It looks to me like a bruiser type of a league, like an old Big East type deal. And I think the style of play by a lot of these teams is going to be more conducive to closer games. And I'm wondering if Iowa State's going to have the firepower to close games out. They haven't so far. But they're, but again, it's, it's undeniable they're getting better. So I, I'm kind of like, I'm juggling that right now. And I, I need to see more basketball. I'm actually really, I'm fired up to watch them on Saturday against tech. I think that's a really interesting one. Maybe that's one you could knock off, but, Agreed. but I'm, um, I, I don't know. That's where I'm kind of stuck at with this team. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Other outside of Baylor, I don't see a lot of great offense in the big 12. You don't have a lot of dynamic, you know, old Fred Hoiberg type teams or the, even the old Kansas teams, the Kansas looked very good last night. Uh, that said, but it's uh, so you're going to have some competitive games that come down to a couple of possessions here. Or there, I, I totally agree. And the other qualifier you have to throw in here is, is Iowa State competitive in these games because some of these teams, you know, they see the Iowa State's record and they maybe don't have, you know, 100% focus. And I really don't think that's it. I don't. What I see out of Iowa State right now is a team that hasn't played a lot of basketball. It's finally starting to play more basketball together, and they're figuring out what the strengths are. And who are the go-to players? And Javon Johnson is showing that he is a really difficult guard, even in the Big 12, because he's you know six six, can handle it pretty well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's been awesome going to the rim. That's something I always say just had that hasn't had the especially last year. And then Jalen Coleman lands is a solid player, and Solomon Young when he plays well, he can have a performance like he did against Texas, where he's pretty solid. The the issue Iowa State is always going to have though, and it and it showed again last night is just hard to rebound the ball against these teams in the Big 12. Yeah, And when, we, no when you doubt. don't shoot it great, Iowa State shot it okay last night, but you don't shoot it great, you're just not going to win many games because of the elongated second possessions that they're allowing, and that's always going to be a problem. In the Baylor game, similar situation, rebounding was okay, but then the turnover bug bit them. So essentially, Iowa State has to play uh, pretty flawless basketball to win these games. And when you are not sharp in one area, and that was rebounding last night, then you're just there's not a way to win a game on the road like that. But you see the guys are better. I think yeah. there is an upgraded talent. And nice to see from Javon Johnson again uh, what he's capable of. And Roger Bolton, 
in my opinion, he's not a point guard, but he is a still still a very good guard in the Big 12, and he can win games. Yeah, uh, he's just got to take care of the basketball better. That's that's really the key. They, they, it's funny to say they they could really use Tyrese. I mean, I know it's <laughs> no kidding. It's a simple thing to say, and Tyrese. So could most in, teams yeah, in the NBA. <laughs> Tyrese is in the NBA now, but they're just kind of missing that distributor type to to put things together, and they and and also another rebounder and. and Foster's battling an injury right now, and you can kind of see some of his limitations. They just, they're just they just a couple guys short, and when you play a team like Texas that has had the same core now for you know about two, two to three years, um, shock is proven, continuity matters, and, and they're just further along than Iowa State. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a good take. All right, well, they get Texas Tech coming up on, on Saturday, and – to me, that that'll be an interesting one. Like, t- I don't think that they're probably good enough to close it out against Baylor or Texas, but maybe if they get into a spot, that could be one they could well, steal. And what I'm encouraged by is it's not an effort thing. Those guys are still playing yeah. hard. And Trey they Jackson, got down 15 last right. night and, and didn't came, quit. They keep coming. Javen, Javen Johnson is a grinder. Coleman lands the same way. Tyler Harris plays hard. These guys are playing hard. They're not just waving the white flag because there's a talent deficit. So they're going to battle. I think the one against Tech's an interesting one. I don't think Tech is as good as some people think. Mac McClung has been a nice piece for them. Mm-hmm. But again, they've got some roster construction they underwent in the offseason. A lot of new faces trying to put it together. So perhaps, I mean, they're in a similar boat to Iowa State where once the pieces gel, they could be very good, but I don't think they're there yet. All right, good stuff. Um, little uh, middle-of-the-week podcast here with Bloom. We had a couple of minutes, and we thought we'd drop a couple lines for you guys. Appreciate your time. Uh, we will be back, of course, on Sunday evening when we record the Sunday night podcast. If you like what we're doing, please rate, subscribe, and review, and tell your friends about the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.